Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Throw the Flag with Tyler Bischoff and Gooch. For the final time, we're live inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar at Treasure Island, where there is always free parking. He's Gooch. I'm Tyler Bischoff. Are you excited? Uh, yeah. I, I got to say that this was a very unlikely pairing. Did it work out? We had fun. We didn't get uh, fired. <laughs> we didn't get fired, and that's always fun. Yet. And that's pretty much all I have, really. <laughs> I don't know if it worked or not. It feels good. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself. We'll get to the Raiders in the NFL, but I do <laughs> I do want to start with the NBA because oh, you loved this nickname. This is. Uh, <laughs> so, Markeith Morris has not played. He's missed like 30 straight games uh, because he and Nikola Jokic got into a I mean, fight's not the right word. A scuffle yeah. in which Nikola Jokic just ran into the back of Markeith Morris and gave him a shove. Uh, Morris hasn't played since then. It's been 30 games. On Twitter the other day, Markeith Morris was called Nikola Jokic a 300-pound sloppy fat boy. <laughs> sloppy fat boy. It's so childish. And you know, here's the thing. You know he wanted to call him something way worse. Like, you know he sat there in front of his phone, thumbs ready to go, like, I got it, I got it. And then all he could do without getting a fine was call him Sloppy Fat Boy. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. It's a great nickname. I mean, it, it's, it's, no, it's, it's great because it's so bad. It's not creative whatsoever. You're just Sloppy Fat Boy. So now, if the rest of the NBA fans don't take – take this and run with it like honestly well the Nuggets tweeted it last night Nikola Jokic they tweeted out a highlight of Nikola Jokic and said like nothing sloppy about this or that's what I'm saying like, like like every Denver Nuggets fan should be chanting sloppy fat boy clap 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 like just to get him going just like you know like 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 when the term Yankee came out that was originally used as a slur and then we turned it around to mean something patriotic same thing with sloppy fat boy in Denver Look at you. What did you just go back to? A reference from like the 1600s? Hey, hey you know, I'm putting macaroni in my hat, you know? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Put a feather in my hat. I'm calling it macaroni. Come on, America. <laughs> Chopped out a cherry tree. I'm telling the truth. All right. The biggest game in the NFL this weekend is here in Vegas. Chargers and Raiders. Winner goes to the playoffs. There's a chance they could tie and go to the playoffs. There's a chance the Raiders have already clinched by the time the game kicks off, pending Steelers and uh, Colts results. But who's going to be the sloppy fat boy that decides this game? Oh, man. There's a lot of sloppy fat boys. <laughs> and they, That would be a good nickname for the offensive line, right? Oh, sloppy, sloppy fat, fat boys. boys. Yeah. Well, that's what John Madden used to do. Like, with John Madden, rest, his, rest, his, rest in peace, like, he would do something. Hey, we got a big fat guy. A big <laughs> fat guy does a big fat guy dance. And it's like sloppy fat boys. It was right there on the tip of John Madden's tongue, and he never said it. We got to carry that on for a minute. Well, now we got you know, fat guy touchdowns. Oh. Or no, no, it's thick six. Thick six. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yes, and I we, really like. that. We had like two weeks ago, like three offensive linemen scored, like two tackles caught a pass, and yes. somebody recovered a fumble in the end. We had three offensive linemen score, and it was the weekend of thick sixes. Thick six. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got sloppy fat boy, very blunt, very to the point. Thick six. You got to think a little bit. Still means the same thing. Yes. 
It does. But, th- I mean, thick six is great. Thick six is creative. And if I were a big guy and I scored that, I'd be proud to catch a, th- a thick of course. six. You know? I, if, I w- if I was an offensive lineman, I'd be proud to be a sloppy fat boy, too. Oh, man. I'd want to be a sloppy fat boy. You make that sloppy fat boy money, <laughs> and you could buy that sloppy fat boy food <laughs> and sloppy fat boy clothes. All right. Here's a sports talk radio question for mm. you. Who is Sunday's game bigger for? Derek Carr and Rich Passaccia or Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley? I'd have to say I'd have to say Rich Passaccia just because this is probably one chance to get that head coaching job next year. Maybe this could parlay into something that the Raiders could build off of. And if it does, it would be like a movie situation where nobody thought this guy was capable of doing it, and then everything falls apart. He keeps the team together. Maybe they go mini-golfing to bring them together. Who knows what kind of crap they, they got to do. They go mini-golfing? <laughs> whatever, kind of, uh, you know, whatever kind of stuff they got to do to do <laughs> team building. Maybe he did it and turned around. Hey, never mind, the, never mind our, our player waving guns around and getting DUIs and you know, you know, other things. These guys still kept them together. And remember a few weeks ago, I was like, there's no way they make the playoffs. Well, look at this. Look at this. They're, look knocking, at this. On the, they're knocking on the door, dude. They're a bad team still, though. They are. They've, they have not scored over 30 points but one time since Halloween. But I have to – that's why you look at Derek Carr and it's like, if you're a Raider fan and you're putting any of this on him, I have to say you're stupid. He's been, no, were, no, he's been bad. He's no, been bad for about two months now. I no, I'm not. He's been awful for two months. But his whole team has been awful. The whole no, no, team the has defense been awful. doesn't give up twenty points. Uh, they they've won three in a row. They, he has the worst offensive line in football. That's they not can't accurate. run the ball. They can't run the ball. They've run it better the last three games. Ugh. Derek Carr's been like the worst part of the team for the last three weeks. This is what I want. I want. I want. Every Raider, I want everybody in the Raiders organization to think like that, and then Cleveland scoops them up. And oh, then God. Calm down with your Baker Mayfield hate. We'll get to it. You've got plenty of time in the show. For I just think the Mayfield. guy, I just think that when you, when you have an offensive line like that, a blocking offensive line like that, and look at the teams that they've played. I mean, it's like they played the Browns. They were shorthanded. They have beat up on bad quarterbacks. Yes. Their last three wins have been Nick Mullins, Drew Locke, and then Carson Wentz, who didn't practice the entire week because he tested positive for COVID. Like that, and even Carson Wentz at full strength isn't exactly good. But those are the three and quarterbacks they've beaten. Yeah, that was like five weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So that's – well, they didn't play Baker. Oh, wait. They, that's right. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Right. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Come I on. don't know. I'm stupid. You're um, supposed to at least know about the Browns. Yes. Like at least know about that team. Look, I had Christmas and New Year since we've talked. The brain's a little eroded. I got – I use a these little. shows that <laughs> – I use these shows to get sharpened up for next week. And I start with Sloppy Fat Boy <laughs> sloppy and just fat ruin boy. everything. And you just throw it all off. I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to be a by-the-numbers kind of show. Nope, Sloppy Fat Boy, right in my wheelhouse. All right, let me tell you why this is a bigger game for Herbert and Staley. Because those two have actual expectations. The Raiders don't have any expectations. This is the biggest game in like the organization's history in, like, 18 years. Yeah, they played a playoff game, but Carr had a broken leg, and so is Connor Cook. Is like, whatever. This is a massive game for the Raiders. And if they win this, that's their that's it. That's their ceiling. Like, they're going to go into the first round of the playoffs, lose to Buffalo or Kansas City or whoever it ends up being, like 31-13, to 13, right? Like, this is it. This is their ceiling. For the Chargers, we have preemptively – when I say we, I mean just sort of collective football media and fans, right – we have sort of preemptively crowned Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert as, like, this great duo 
that's going to not only challenge Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC West, but be contenders in the AFC for years to come. If they lose this game and miss the playoffs, you're talking about, A, two years with Herbert and zero playoff appearances for the Chargers. That's wasting away his rookie contract where you've got a good quarterback for cheap, right? You get five years of that, and they would have thrown away two if they lose this game. But also, you're looking at an organization or a team that three weeks left in the season, perfect chance to go to the playoffs, lose to the Texans, and then if they lose to the Raiders in the final week, you lose to those two teams to get knocked out of the playoffs? Like, it's Every, telling. everything we think about Herbert and Staley, I think we've got to step back and say, these two might not be as good as we think. Because, again, these two have expectations. Like, everybody thinks Herbert and Staley and the Chargers for the next, whatever, five years, ten years, that could be a duo that's a contender in the AFC. Nobody thinks that about Rich Bisacci and Derek Carr. Not a soul thinks Rich Bisacci and Derek Carr are going to be AFC Super Bowl contenders. We think that about the Chargers. And if they win and beat the Raiders, they can go to the playoffs and – they might lose by 20, and we're having the same conversation about them in a week. But I think the Chargers in the playoffs, if they've got to go to New England or Cincinnati, they're going to be underdogs. But it's not like they can't win there. Whereas with the Raiders, this is the biggest game they'll play. This is it. If they win this game, it's a successful season. Wonderful. Even if they lose by 40 in the playoffs, wonderful. For the Chargers, there's actual expectations. And this is a complete failure if they lose this game. If the Raiders lose this yeah, it sucks, but nobody's looking around saying, oh, the Raiders completely blew it this year. You might be right on that, but my thing is, is if you're looking at individually speaking, I'd have to say Ritz Passaccia because he, that's, his is really his only shot at being right. a head coach. But um, I do think, let me ask you that. Do you, Rich Passaccia wins this game. They make the playoffs for the second time in 18 years. They turn around and lose to Buffalo by three touchdowns. He's still not getting the job, or do you think he would get the job in that scenario? I think it would definitely be worth considering. I mean, he's he's going to get. I think he's getting interviewed any, no matter what at this point because he's. I mean, he's done a good job of at least keeping this team competitive when the season probably should have fallen apart. And that's what I'm saying. We have heard highly touted names come into organizations and not do anywhere close to the job to close to the job that Rich has done this year, especially after the collapse of the team. And here's the thing: would we call it a collapse? They're knocking, on the, they're knocking on the door in the playoffs. I mean, it's like the fact that he has kept them together and focused on the strengths just goes to show you that he is at least capable of the job. So it's been an off-field collapse. Yes. On-field, they've – well, they've had a couple of collapses during the season, but yeah. they've, they've finished well. Right. And just considering all the drama that has surrounded this team all season long, can you think of a team that has gone through this much no. drama in recent memory no. and then still be yeah. able to still get into the playoffs? It says something about the guy. But I do agree with you when you're looking at Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley as, as a team, as the Chargers as a whole. Yes, this is a much more important game for the Chargers because if the Raiders win, I don't think it's going to help them next season. No. The Chargers, on the other hand, it can easily help them next right. season attract free agents, that type of stuff. Right, because the Chargers, again, they should be good. This should be like you. we think they've got a really good quarterback and a really good coach and a chance to be a really good team in the AFC. And not that it's – Staley's not going to get fired if they lose this game, right? Herbert's not getting traded if they well, lose yeah, this game. Well, so yeah, this is his first season with the team, right? Yeah, they're going to have more opportunities. But, like, if you lose this game and you finish 9-8 and eight and you lost to the – like, you finish behind the Raiders in the AFC West, a team that's probably not bringing back their head coach next year, a team that might not bring back its quarterback, depending on what they do, like – that's that's awful. That's awful, and you can't like we can't have serious conversations about Herbert and Staley being Super Bowl contenders if they lose this type of game. But if they win this type of game, then they're in the playoffs, and now they're going 
to wherever they have to go, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and they could win that. Now, they have a chance to then go and prove, yes, we're legitimate AFC contenders, whereas, yes, the Raiders technically could go win a playoff game, but neither one of us expect that to happen, right? Like, right. Unless COVID takes out, like, Josh Allen and half the Bills' offense, which could happen. But I nobody, they, nobody's like, they're not going to Buffalo and winning. I, I do believe that if the Raiders do have a shot at winning a playoff game, it's got to be against Buffalo because that's one of those teams where Josh Allen, it's like one minute he plays good and the next minute you're like, who is this guy? He's so bad, and it's just he's just a fumble machine. I think his good would overpower any of the bad that he would have against the Raiders. I like Buffalo. I wanted them to have a much better season. I was expecting a much better season. Cleveland was a big disappointment, but so was Buffalo in a lot of regards. I really expected them to be I mean, at the top the of the AFC. They're in the playoffs, but I expected them to be at the top of the AFC, and they're really not. Well, the Titans are at the top, and they're not any good. So, they're—I don't know—they're getting Derrick Henry back. Yeah, they mean, run the like, ball fine without him. They, I, they do run the ball fine with, without him, but there's a big difference between him would, being in the game and him not being. I would in say the game. this: if I'm the Raiders and I make the playoffs i hope the titans fall out of the one seed they've got to lose to the texans if they beat the texans they're the one seed but that's the team that i think the raiders could actually go and win a road game against would be the tennessee titans because they don't like their offense isn't good enough to blow anybody out like they could beat they could beat the titans 17 to 14 like they've beaten some of these teams the last four weeks the reason why i like the titans though is they are just especially if they're playing at home it's like they're just built for this time of year yeah whatever i love it they defense blow. and run the ball they don't even play that Tannehill. good. A they're not even that Tannehill. good defensively. No, but they're running the ball and they're controlling the clock. I'm not saying they got to be elite, but if you got a running game like that, you could do play action with Tannehill. You could win. You could beat anybody. And that's the why league. the Raiders could beat them because they're I, not going to score 30. They're going to score 22, and the Raiders could potentially beat them. See, I can't see that happening. I, again, with the lack of weapons on the offense for the Raiders, everyone's injured. I know we <laughs> over the break. They got another, Darren Waller back. Maybe you got another DUI. <laughs> It's just how much more can you it's add? It's a good organization. It's a good organization. Don't worry about it. Coming up next, listen to this moron yell about Baker Mayfield. I'm that moron. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. You know who's not playing for anything this weekend? Hmm. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> wow. I never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. What a disappointing season for that squad. And especially, like, down the stretch, their defense was playing elite-level defense. And they couldn't do anything. It's just – and it's a 100% uh, on Kevin Stefanski for keeping Baker Mayfield in the game. It's clear that he can't throw the football. So why did he play through his shoulder injury? I, he's, he's not playing this week. He's going to have sh- uh, shoulder surgery to fix it. Why do, you, why do you play through it this whole year? I just think that he – Baker, I think that when you are motivated so much by negativity, like Baker seems to be, it's like you have this I'll show you mentality. Well, guess what? You showed everyone just how bad you are, and you basically just you're eating your words now. It feels like from a, a an individual standpoint, and I get there's like the team standpoint of, oh, i got to help my team, I can play through it. But from an individual standpoint, Baker Mayfield – is still on his rookie contract. He yeah. does not have a second contract. Him playing through an injury was a horrible decision for him personally because he had a bad year. He was really bad this year. And if you can blame the injury for it, he kind of did it to himself because we're going to look at that and say, okay, well, you sucked because you were trying to play through an injury. Like, why are we giving you another contract? Because you were terrible. So I feel like he 
hurt himself quite a bit in terms of what his next contract is going to look like in the NFL. And then on top of that, it's like it's not like these passes were a little bit off. These passes were so off and just the wrong reads, no chemistry on the field. Uh, there would be times where he'd be thrown to Jarvis and Jarvis would cut in and Baker would be throwing out and they would just look at each other like you were supposed to. There was That's what I saw all season long. And if you're Kevin Stefanski and you're watching this and you're hearing Jarvis Landry go, oh, the guy's tough, but I haven't been getting the ball a lot this season. You're Odell. You see what happens with Odell. He goes to the Rams. It's four touchdowns in five weeks. And Baker can't Man, do Man, you got that stat memorized. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Seven <laughs> touchdowns in two years with Odell Beckham, and it's like, and that's what you do? And, and, and Matt Stafford has him for like a couple of weeks, and he's like, oh, yeah, this guy's actually pretty amazing. So, Mr. Browns fan. What do you think happens with Baker Mayfield? What do you want to happen with Baker Mayfield? Look, I would love for things to work out and him to come back next year, maybe have like a Drew Brees-esque. But, and people have been comparing this season to Drew Brees. They go, well, you know, Drew Brees in his fourth season, he had that big injury on his throwing shoulder. And I go, yeah, but that was the last game of the season when he was with the Chargers. And he was dominating all season long. <laughs> and then the Chargers let him go because they had Phillip Rivers on the squad. And then he went to the Saints, and we all know what happened. Baker has not had a career trajectory, anything like <laughs> Drew Brees whatsoever, but we still keep trying to put him in this mold. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. The guy just does not look like he's playing scared. It's like he's playing 100% scared. I just think that after you get hit that much and you're holding the ball too much, and then he also has to realize that I'm not faster than anyone on this field like he might have been in college there's a lot of realizations that are going on with the so, guy. So I think he's got one year left on his rookie deal. Yes. So does he play that out? Like, do, are the Browns committed to one more year of Baker Mayfield, or do, do they, they look for another quarterback? They signed him for – they picked up his fifth-year yes. option. Yeah. Um, I think that no matter what, you have to draft a quarterback next year. It doesn't have to be first or second round, but third round, I mean, at least see what you have. But what are you doing with a third-round quarterback? Very I mean, rarely does a third-round quarterback do – anything in the NFL you're right but I mean you could at least find a third round quarterback that has arm strengths a third round quarterback that you could at least try to develop I always feel like you know me when it comes to these young quarterbacks throwing them right into the fire to me has always been a bad idea I want them to be 100% confident within the system so it's like if you get a third round quarterback that doesn't even touch the field for a whole season and then maybe next year he's a placeholder where while you do develop your first-round quarterback that you draft. This which, is a terrible plan. I'm telling you. When are the Browns going to be good again? Never. You threw away, you're throwing away next year I'm because already, Baker Mayfield and this third-round pick are going to screw around. And all, then the year after that, the third-round pick's a placeholder. You're a, you're, what are you doing? I am, I am a what big, you, I'm big on planning. Don't you want the Browns to be good? I'm big on planning. I was hoping you'd come in and be like Aaron Rodgers. Of course Aaron Russell Rodgers. Wilson. How are you going to get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay I mean, after you're the not, season he's having? But Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I mean, it's like, yeah, Russell Wilson will be great. I mean, I think Russell Wilson's great, but every season for the past, since the Super Bowl, it always seems like he starts off MVP so amazing, and then the second half it just kind of falls off. Like, what happens to the guy? So you'd get half a season of good quarterback play instead of a no season, season of, of good bad. quarterback yeah. play. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, and plus two, I mean, it's like there's always been questions about Russell Wilson's leadership. 
uh, just with with ex players that what, used to you play just with him. Taking out Russell Wilson. I now? don't know what's happening. Here? I'm just saying when it comes to NFL chemistry, I have no idea what's going to work. I thought Odell and Baker was going to be the most amazing combination in football, and it turned out to be the biggest batch of diarrhea I have ever seen. <laughs> All right, the Browns uh, right now are going to pick 13th in the NFL draft. Okay, they're actually in a tie with Atlanta, Denver, and Minnesota. All those teams are seven and nine. So they could move up to 10 or even a little higher, depending on what happens today. The quarterback class is regarded as pretty weak. Uh, Sam Howell out of North Carolina, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss are sort of some of the main names. But nobody expects anyone, any of those to go like number one. If the Browns are picking 10, 11, 12, they could have a chance at the number one or number two quarterback in this class. Would you want them to use, uh, you know, the 12th pick in the draft on Matt Corral from Ole Miss and have a rookie quarterback? And you don't love throwing rookie quarterbacks in, so you get one more year of Baker and then you turn it over to whatever quarterback you draft in the first round. It worked for the Chargers. Did it? it did. We just spent 10 minutes talking about how no, if they lose I, to the Raiders, they suck. I, no, I'm talking about Oh, like 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago. That's what organizations go off of. Well, this hey. one team 30 years ago. But how many teams have you ever seen do that? Where it's like <laughs> they get a quarterback who's pretty good. He's on the last deal. They got a top 10 pick. They draft a guy. I mean, that I think whole, th- I think you also have to draft. Who's going to be the Eli Manning in this scenario that you draft but doesn't want to play for you? Like, do you have to draft Matt Corral and he'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to Cleveland and then trade for Sam Howell or something? it worked out, though, because here's the thing. With the New York Giants, I will say that Eli wasn't as good as Phillip Rivers, but he did get him to two Super Bowls. So it's like, where does it go? He he was on the team when they went to the Super Bowls. He was on the team to the Super Bowls, but I'll tell you (laughs) this. I would say he got them to two Super Bowls. I'm sure the Chargers wish they had those Super Bowl rings, so it's like instead of the better quarterback. Oh, you okay. And they even got Sean Merriman in that draft, and – Granted, you know, he was hot for a second. You want to – here's a sports talk radio question for you. And it's 2022. This is like a six-year-old sports talk radio question. Whose career would you have rather had, Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers? Oh, Eli's for sure. Really? I, I Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you get two Super Bowl rings. You're a Manning, so you're st- he's still in commercials right now. No, no, just football career. Nothing, nothing else attached to it. Just the football career. I'd have to say the rings. I, j- I just okay. think the rings just make it stand out so much more. And I do think Phillip Rivers was a better overall oh, quarterback. Not, it's not even close. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like, even remotely close. Like Phillip Rivers numbers, was much better. His numbers are definitely Hall of Fame worthy. But when you look at his record in the playoffs, as opposed to Eli's, you have to pay attention to that. Yeah, I, you do. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm just curious. Because right. one, one was better than the other. But Eli Manning just, like, got in the playoffs on accident twice and then was like, huh, what if we just win four in a row, guys? But I also, and they did. But I also think that, again, when you're just talking about certain chemistry, I just think that it's like, oh, okay, guys, whatever. I just think that worked for that squad. You know, like their defense was obviously the backbone of that entire squad. So that defense was always fired up. So you have this offensive guy going, all right, we just need this. All we got to do is just – March on the field, score a touchdown. We're going to be cool. Whatever. You know. Was that your Eli Manning That's my Eli Manning thing. Hey, whatever. Could I, could I have a milkshake? Thanks, guys. After I score a touchdown, I like cheese. Like, that's Eli. Like, it's just just regular dude. Just likes to, just likes to say hike it. Dudes. Just likes to say hike it. Throw it up for grabs. Regular <laughs> dudes just say, I like cheese. And two, here's the thing. In both those Super Bowl victories, two, like, unbelievable catches happened. 
People forget about the Mario Manningham catch on the sideline, and then obviously the Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, not Tyreek Hill. Uh, David Tyreek Ty- Hill. David Tyreek catch <laughs> off the helmet. It's like, yeah, those were two amazing plays, but Eli still was like, whatever, and just threw it up. If it were somebody else, maybe they were going to overthink it and not let it go. Oh, if Phillip Rivers had just thrown it up, it would have been picked off. It would have been picked off. But it's Eli. It's the luck of Eli. It made it work. Oh, man. All right. One more question for you about the Browns. Are they going to finish last in this division for, like, the next five years? Yes. <laughs> it's so sad. Well, here's the thing. I will tell you this, though. The Ravens are going to screw up and sign Lamar Jackson to a huge contract. Oh, they're going to screw up and yes. sign Lamar Jackson. They're going to sign him to a huge contract because the Ravens have always been built upon a big offensive line, run game, and defense. Well, you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul in this situation. And Lamar Jackson has definitely been – He, I considered – he started off hot in the beginning, but then he the major decline as the season went on. And I just think that right now Joe Burrow is playing like – the future of the NFL. I think the last two seasons, his rookie season was insanely impressive. He would have shattered the rookie touchdown record if he didn't get, if he didn't blow out his ACL last season. This year, he's playing lights out with a repaired knee. You know what's going to happen next year. He's going to continue on with this. The team is just, again, this guy's cool demeanor just keeps everybody together. I just think that he. He's going to be the king of the AFC along with Pat Mahomes for for years. And I think that eventually he's going to be better than Pat Mahomes. He doesn't play as – God, you hate Pat Mahomes. No, I'm just saying with Pat Mahomes. Every week you hate him. He plays – he plays – every play has to be a giant score for Pat Mahomes. And meanwhile, just Joe Burrow just looks like he's a little bit more patient and ready to just take what the defense gives him. But he also has the arm strength and the accuracy and the weapon in Jamar Chase to go down the field. I just think that this guy is his his career trajectory is off the charts. I think he's amazing. All right, here's a question from a listener. Papa Lou on Twitter asks, Trent Dilfer or Dan Marino's career? Oh boy. See, this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird because you have Trent Dilfer's career where he was good for one season was, and he was Was all, he even that good he that was, year? He was that's what I'm saying. He had the great <laughs> he had I don't ever understand why that Ravens defense wasn't mentioned in the same breath as the Bears 85 defense. Like that Ravens defense was off the charts, insane. They were so good. And this is before they had Jamal Lewis, too. So it's like, I definitely would have to say Dan Marino for sure because Trent Dilfer was only relevant for one season. How did Trent Dilfer stick around so long? He wasn't even that good. Yeah, I think I think it was just a first-round pick, and everybody just still fell in love with those stats. Oh, the arm <laughs> strength. All right. That'll carry you for wait, your wait. whole career. After winning the Super Bowl... He didn't start more than six games in a season for the next five years. Yeah. Like, he won a Super Bowl, and people were like, yeah, he still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Trent Dilfer had a career, a little bit of a career with ESPN. Is he still on ESPN? I haven't seen him for a long time. But I think he is. Dan Marino now was you're making doing, me question my sanity. Is he not still with ESPN? I haven't seen him on ESPN okay. in a while. It's almost like the Hasselbeck boys like replaced him or something. But I'm, Dan Marino... Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived. You, you have to look at how he single-handedly changed the way the quarterback position was played. And you just have to look at him as one of those evolutionary blocks in, in, in football. So, yeah, I would have to say Dan Marino's career over Trent Dilfer's. Uh, Trent Dilfer's with Fox Sports now. Okay. So, yeah, not on the ESPN. Coming up next, who you got in the national championship game? 
Back to more football talk with Throw the Flag like and your hosts, reason. Tyler Bischoff and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. We are at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. He's Gooch. I am Tyler Bischoff out here at Treasure Island where there is always free parking, a great place to come watch the two NFL games. Today that gets started at 1 o'clock also all day tomorrow. NFL action capped off with the Raiders and Chargers both still fighting for a playoff spot. Monday night, college football's national championship, Georgia and Alabama. Before we get to that, it looks like we're getting the 2025 College Football National Championship here in Vegas. Oh, Brett McMurphy reported that yesterday. Uh, so, you knew that was coming. Yeah, you knew that was coming. I this stadium is too beautiful. Las Vegas is just too attractive. They had to do something. They had to bring it here. Super Bowl, college championships. It's going to happen all the time. So, Brett McMurphy's report was that the game will be played on either January 6th or 20th depending on if the college football playoff expands by 2025. Here's my question for you. If they expand the college football playoff and the championship game is played on January 20th, that would mean the semifinals would be going the same weekend as the NFL's first round of the playoffs. They can't do that, can they? Of course they could do it. What do you mean, of course they could of do it? Of course they could do it. I mean, I, Nobody's they... watching the college football semis when the NFL playoffs are on. I'm sure – all I'm saying is, though, is how are you going to be able to pull it off, though? You, you're going to tell the playoffs, like, you're just going to tell I'll the tell NFL – you're going to tell the NFL to just move it to Sundays and they just no. go back to Saturdays? No. You keep the championship game where it is, the Monday after week 18, like it is this year. You keep the semifinals where it is, right around New Year's Day. And you play the quarterfinals earlier in December. There's no reason. You can play games December 20th. Like, these teams stop playing the first week of December. You can give them two weeks off, three weeks off, and then they play right before Christmas. That's when the quarterfinals would be. All right. So instead of pushing everything back, just play the quarterfinals early. Problem solved. Yes. Why aren't you in the committee? I should be. But for some reason, if they expand, they think they're going to push it back, which makes no sense to me. Right. That'd be stupid. It, it would be stupid. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't understand why. <laughs> I, but no, no, no. I'm going to tell you, though, if I'm going to watch the college football playoff, it depends. I personally prefer college over NFL. I'm probably going to watch the college football playoff over the NFL playoff. That's just me. But, again, that's just personal preference, and that's just going to split ratings right down the middle. No, not down the middle. Like 80-20 to the NFL. NFL would not be happy if this happened. No, they don't care. The NFL doesn't care what other leagues schedule during their games. They don't care. They dominate everything. The college football would be stupid to do this. Absolutely stupid to do this. What's great about this week, we get the end of the NFL regular season. There's no Monday Night Football, but Monday Night Football is the national championship game because they're like, oh, we shouldn't play this on a Saturday because there's two NFL games on Saturday. See, I've always hated the fact that it was on Monday. It should be on Sunday night, and they just have regular and they just have the NFL day games end at 1:30 our time. Yeah, but the NFL has Sunday Night Football. They're not going to do that. You can take, you can just move it once, move the Sunday night football to. But to why Monday. would the NFL do that? <sighs> They've got a primetime game on NBC. Why would they? They don't care. They're not going to move it. I mean, there's, well, you're talking about the 80 to 20. That way you don't got to worry about the 20% drop in ratings. Man, they, I don't even know if they lose 20. I don't, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't, but I mean, obviously, this is worst case scenario. What would be watched more? Raiders, Chargers, Sunday night, or Alabama, Georgia, if they were head to head? Oh, Alabama, Georgia, for sure. I think so. For sure. But I'm not convinced. 
I mean, you're talking about two bubble teams. And but it's effectively a playoff game. I know, but it's effectively a playoff game. And the problem that college football has run into here is that it's a regionalized sport and there's only one region that's any good at it. Mm-hmm. Like college football is a regional sport that it turns into a national sport when we have bowl games and the national championship, but ultimately it's a regional sport, but only one region's good at it. Mm-hmm. So are people in the northeast or the west watching? Do they care about Georgia, Alabama that much? People in the southeast, absolutely. The southeast is good. No doubt they're watching Georgia, Alabama more than they're watching Raiders Chargers. I think they But would. the other three fourths of the country I will say the previous championship game that Georgia and Alabama played is reason for excitement. I think people would definitely take that into consideration and the fact that they've already played this season already. Is a bad thing. Uh no, I mean it's the revenge game. Nobody cares These two about teams that. hate each other. Do they? they don't uh, hate each other. Again, I'm just talking about the Alabama marketing. Alabama doesn't hate Georgia. I'm just saying the marketing that goes in behind it. And how they and how they push it and the perception by fans. It's like, yeah, you could sell this rivalry crap to, to people. We are not going to have another show to figure this out, but I'm willing to bet Raiders Chargers has higher ratings than Alabama Georgia. I mean, it's Sunday night football in the NFL. I, I bet mean, it has higher ratings. I'm sure it's going to have higher ratings. You just said two minutes ago that more people would watch the national championship. I would assume that. Just because, again, it's the national championship, Georgia, Alabama, the two top teams in, the, in, in college football, without question this season, they're facing each, each other in the championship. That's going to build up some kind of excitement. You're talk, again, bubble teams, a, a, a Raiders team that's decimated by injuries and off-the-field problems, and then they're going up against the Chargers who eh, may or may not be good. I can't see the college team dominating the ratings, but I would definitely tune into that over the Raiders and Chargers for a team that's going to get into the playoffs and get bounced right out. Come on. I think more people are going to watch the NFL. I think more people watch Raiders Chargers. I just think there's enough people that don't, that are not interested enough in college football because it's two SEC teams. I think it's, you, you definitely have a point on that. And then on top of that too, it's like college, it's hard for some fans to follow college, to follow college football because there's constant turnover the players aren't with the team for that long. You only get maybe one or two years of, like, top-notch players, and then they're off to the NFL. But if you are a supporter of those squads, that's your lifeblood. All right, let me ask you this. We have two SEC teams in the championship game. The SEC has been pretty dominant in the college football playoff. Clemson's been involved quite a bit as well, too. Do you think that hurts or helps the case for college football expansion? Like, when you see two SEC teams in the championship game, do you say – we need more college football expansion so there's more teams that have a chance to win it? Or eh, if we expand, they're just going to end up with three teams in the semifinals from the SEC. I don't think this helps anything. <laughs> I don't think this helps anything at all. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to expand it to six, six, six games in the playoffs, eight, games in the, or eight teams in the playoffs? And, yeah, they're nowhere near as good as Georgia and Alabama, no matter who they play. We saw what happened with Michigan. They were considered one of the top two. Look at this defense. Look at this run game. They got destroyed. <laughs> Cincinnati, it was a cute story. We knew what was going to happen. That was a snuff film. It's like we, you know, and then again, that's all we're waiting for is just the two top teams. And, you know, this year I feel like Georgia's going to do the same thing they did last the last time they played each other in the playoffs, probably start off hot. Oh, they got Bama on their heels. And then Bama's going to come back and win. I think this helps the case for expansion simply because with the 14 playoff, there are only three games. 
And in, you know, the worst case scenario where one conference continues to dominate those three games, if you were to go to eight teams or 12 teams, you're now adding more games to it. You're adding more teams to it. And so even if the result is the same, even if we had had eight teams and Alabama and Georgia just ran through everybody until they were playing in the championship, we still would have gotten some other games. We still would have gotten – Michigan would have played somebody and beaten, I don't know, Baylor or something like that, right? Cincinnati would have gotten to play Oklahoma State or something like that. We still would have – and even if it doesn't change the result, we still would have gotten quarterfinal games with different teams that would have been fun to watch. I mean, we – we watch playoff games in every sport knowing full well, hey, these two teams aren't going to win the championship, right? We're going to watch the Raiders and Chargers on Sunday knowing, well, ah, these two teams aren't going to win the championship. We're going to watch it because it has stakes and it's fun. I, I think it helps expansion simply because it gives more teams, more regions a chance and at least a chance at a fun game. Even if you know, yeah, if Baylor was in, they're not winning the national championship. They still, hey, they get to play Cincinnati or whoever and go to the semis. I guess my thing is is – the Rose Bowl didn't matter. Any of these other right, games. but imagine if that had been a playoff game. Like it, it would have, it would have mattered. Again, they're not. Neither one of those teams is going to win the championship. It's not. But it would have been. Hey, we won a playoff game, and then you get at least a week of hope. Oh, if everything goes right, we can beat Alabama. It's. I don't know if it would ever matter until college football gets a salary cap, and we're barely oh, talking about You're paying so players. Old. You're so old. You a gotta, salary cap. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You got to level the playing field right now. Nick Saban has got a death grip over recruiting over every and over every college co- or, uh, college coach right now. It's a complete the defense line. We were just talking about it. Alabama is always built on their defensive line and their offensive line. It does not get any better than those two fronts, and they dominate teams year in and year out. Throw in another random quarterback, he'll play well. Yes, they get amazing wide receivers on occasion. But, again, when you've got an offensive line that's grinding out every other team's defensive line and a defensive line that's just destroying the other team's quarterback, that is Alabama every single year. How do you stop that from happening? Not a salary cap. You don't think so? No. You don't, th- you don't think that that would definitely level the playing field when it comes to recruiting? No. Like five-star players coming out of high school and all these, these highly talented players? How are you going to put a salary cap in? What I'm What's saying? your salary cap going to be? It's look at what the NFL. I don't know what the salary cap would be. I'm just saying, like, we don't even know what we're gonna do. How we're gonna play? How we're gonna pay players? Paying players is coming for everybody. It's gonna happen. It's already happened. I know. It's gonna happen more. Though it's gonna get, you know, bigger sponsors. The school is go gonna be pay paying. more than Alabama. But I'm saying there are schools that have more money than Alabama. I Texas know. has more money than every team in the country. They aren't any good. I know, but when you have Nick Saban at the helm, go hire Nick Saban. Then how do you get? You got more money. How do you pry him away from Alabama? How do you do that? You've got more of it. But if you're Alabama, you know this is your one thing that's keeping everybody in the state cheering you on and buying your merchandise. You would throw everything at Nick Saban. Texas has more money. You would throw more, dude. Alabama, the a the athletic director at Alabama would throw like his family members and a goat and just in a bid to keep Nick Saban there in Alabama. Yes, we're going back old. What are we doing with the goat? Are we eating it? It, sacrificing it is it a pet i mean i would i would hope they keep it as a pet yeah. or a new mascot I think normally when you give goats in these transactions they get killed oh man why do you got to take it towards a dark route you brought up the goats. there's cheese you can make from the goats milk yeah you get the dairy products and then you kill it <sighs> look at you this is this is southern this is are there, southern behavior right here are there goats that are just for like 
milking? Like there's cows that you only yes. milk, and then there's cows that you raise I'm for sure there's beef. some goats out there that are just raised specifically for milking. Yeah. Sure. Taste that goat milk. And then you Soak eat them eventually. No, you don't eat the goat. You uh -huh. pet the goat. You let it know, hey, man, I'm with you, bro. You do, you do goat yoga? I draft that goat on my, my, my Patriots team if I could. Okay, that was a horrible. Jeez, I really Christ. reached on that one. What are you, you doing? Goat yoga? All right, we got to go to break. It. That was a nightmare. Nightmare. I don't know what that joke That was a nightmare end. That was a nightmare end. That was a terrible joke. You brought joke. up goat yoga. Both of us are screwed up for this one. Goat yoga is way better than the Patriots are going to draft the goat after you get milk from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he's already a great goat. He's he plays getting, he's for Tampa Bay now. Yeah, I guess you're right. Coming up next, have I'd, you ever been so mad at somebody you wanted to pull their pants off? I'd milk Tom Brady. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. He's Gooch. I am Tyler Bischoff. We're out here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Uh, when you get angry during sporting events, what do you do? How do you take that anger out? Uh, I usually yell. I usually question the athlete's uh, manhood. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's very I, – I really keep it classy when I do it. Have you ever felt the need to pull someone's pants off? Oh, that's never happened. Okay. Because a Tennessee state representative, Jeremy Faison is the Republican caucus chair in the state of uh, Tennessee, was at a high school basketball game and was apparently so mad at a call – that a referee made, that when the referee sort of walked over in his vicinity, he ran up and tried to pull the ref's pants off. Wow. That's a fan. <laughs> That's a fan. So what do you think his plan was? Me looking, me looking at a 275-pound defensive lineman who just got flagged for roughing the passer and me calling him a B-word, that's bad. That's not something a grown man should do, you know. Pulling somebody's pants off is pretty illegal, wouldn't you say? What do you think his plan was? Like, if he had gotten the – because the ref's pants didn't budge. Uh, he got good belt. What a good belt right. going on there. <laughs> ref's pants didn't budge. If he, though, had pulled his pants off, what do you think his next step was? Like, what was the plan here once he got the pants down? Uh, maybe to point at his underwear and get the crowd to boo with him? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it reminds you. It reminds me of Jerry Maguire. He's like, who's coming with me? And like, no one's coming with you, bro. <laughs> Who's Jerry Maguire? <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Oh, my God. He's never seen Jerry Maguire. Movie? Yes, Tom Cruise. Jesus Christ. Show me Show the me money. money. Show me the money. God. Okay. Anyway, I wish you would have got the reference. Because the people that Does did Does Jerry get Maguire it, pull somebody's pants so, down? No, Jerry Maguire basically gets fired, but he's trying to make it out like he's quitting, and he's trying to get some of his coworkers to come with him. And he's like, who's coming with me? These, these, these guys are holding us back and trying to talk bad about the employer, and he's trying to get his, his coworkers to come with him and start another business with him, and nobody comes with him except for one person. And that's where the movie builds. There's a romance, something that you don't believe in, you black-hearted son of a bee. Romance or movies? Whatever. Both, apparently. <laughs> apparently both. Jerry Maguire. How do you be a sports fan and you don't watch Jerry Maguire? It kills me. What does me. that have to do with sports? It has Nothing everything to do with sports. sports. The drama of sports. Is there do you know bees and dogs smell fear? What? Damn it. It's off the movie. <laughs> How old is this movie? That's maybe 20 years, maybe. A long time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or oh, more than that, 25? Uh, I want to say it came out in like 97. Woo. 
Yeah, maybe buddy. 98. Cuba Gooding Jr. played 1996. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. How do you not watch it? You and the lady need to watch it, okay? No, and it's a zero movie. chance. She would like it. Zero chance Does for watching like Jerry Maguire. Does she like romance? No. No. Oh, okay. Zero chance for watching Jerry What do you Maguire. get your girl on Valentine's Day? What do you do? What is your idea of romance? Give me Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. It's not coming nothing. up, buddy. It's coming Valentine's up. Valentine's Day? Nothing. You get her nothing on Valentine's no. Day. Wow. She doesn't care about Valentine's Day. Oh. Do you? What about birthday? Yes, I buy her a birthday present. Okay. Yes, I bought her Christmas presents. Okay. Are do any of these? Are these? Uh, do you get her like a, a present that's like uh, practical? Like, do you get her, or do you get her like a necklace or something? Do you go, here's a necklace. You well, get I get her, her like multiple a, presents. Okay. So, like, I'll tell you for Christmas this year. Sonicare toothbrush. The two, the two main things she got. We got a stroller for our dog. Okay. So that was a practical gift. She loves that, by the way, because that's the exact puts opposite our of practical. Put our French bulldog in the in Your the stroller. Fat French Slop, bulldog fat, who gets sloppy French fat dog. sloppy dog who gets no <laughs> exercise. Put him in the well, stroller. See, here's the problem: he likes to go sniff around places, but he doesn't like to actually walk to those places. So we put him in the stroller, push him, and then get him out when we get to the little grassy areas and let wow. him wander around. Yeah, it's great. You are a slave to your dog. Oh, one hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even close. Yes. Okay. This, I won't even. I won't even. I am going to tell you this right here. Okay. Let me just go on record and say this: this whole season, I have absorbed many an insult from Tyler Bischoff, mainly about my lack of sports knowledge, uh, and my idiocy. And there's a lot of it there. I think this trumps all of my dumb behavior. The dog stroller. I'm not standing Maybe. for it. Yeah, okay. I'm not standing for it. Well, it's a great present. You can hate it all you want. It's a great present. I know it's a great present. <laughs> They're going to change my mind. So the dog stroller. So that was one. The okay. other one that's the impractical gift is I uh, adopted a koi fish from the Japanese Friendship Garden in San Diego for her. Oh. So we got a picture of a koi because she loves koi fish. We, sh- we got a picture of a koi fish. Named it, and we're supposed to get more pictures of said koi fish in the wow. future. Wow. You know, you could have done that and actually helped out a real person in another country, um, a third-world country that needs food and doesn't know what rice looks like. Yeah, but I also bought a stroller for my dog. So <laughs> Sorry, it's pretty, kid. <laughs> it's pretty clear where animals fall on my spectrum of importance compared to people, and it's the, the answer would be higher. So, yes. Oh, sorry about your village burning to the ground got to push my dog around in the stroller. That's right. 75 priority. cents a day. You could be saving these kids. It's called priority. And instead you're sending it to koi fish. Yeah. So you could get another picture of the koi fish making yeah. the same exact face that it made in the last picture. Probably, yes. Oh, wow. It's very exciting. And she loved both gifts. I'm going to tell you something. I gain respect for you because you did not back down. I tried to shame you out of the oh, koi no fish Oh, no chance gift you're shaming me. And... No. No, and they're both the great stroller, gifts. And you were like, I'm not backing down. No, but you might be able to shame her because it's, she's the one that wanted this stuff. Well, but I can't these shame are, her. But these are phenomenal gifts. She hasn't insulted me for 18 straight weeks. Yeah, I that's can't, fine. I can't do that. Yeah. I'm no, come no, no. at you. These are great gifts. She loved both of them. So, phenomenal gifts by me. And the dog. I will pat myself on. Oh, he loves this. Yeah, you covered, not only with that gift, you covered the girlfriend and you covered the dog. Yeah, oh yeah. She loved, dog loves it. Oh, man. He just sits in that stroller and looks around, sniffs everything, and then gets, oh, look, there's grass. Might eat a cat turd on occasion, whatever. Oh, yeah, oh, on occasion. Is that his deal? We talked about this, yes, right? Remember you yes. asked me, does the dog kiss our mouths or whatever? In, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well. Dog eats a lot of poop.
that did they kiss the mouth? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> not the anymore. Dog eats a lot of poop. But <laughs> I'm not saying it hasn't happened in the past, but I'm we not. don't actively let it happen anymore. I hope y'all bring your big boys as we dump it today. Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Throw the Flag with Tyler Bischoff and Gooch. Our last show out here as the NFL season wraps up this week. Great place to come watch all the action today. we got college basketball on now, NFL a little bit later, and tomorrow a full day of NFL football. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, where there is always free parking. Now, Raiders Chargers, the fun part about this, aside from it potentially being a win-and-end scenario for both teams, is that they've already played once this year. The Chargers won that game, and afterwards, Joey Bosa uh, ripped Derek Carr, basically called him soft in the pocket, said if you get pressure on him that you know he's going to crumble. Uh, called him out for going down before he got hit on a sack in that game, which he did do. Derek Carr kind of went into the fetal position one time before he actually got hit on a sack against the Chargers. He was asked about that this week, and Joey Bosa said, I'm a fan of him. I think we get along. I was just pointing out something that I noticed. When he gets pressured, he seems to shut down a little bit. Seems like a lot of quarterbacks do that. Hey, he's one of the top passers in the league. You think he's walking back that comment? Yeah. When you say, I think a lot of the top quarterbacks in the league do that, and then you go, he's one of the top passers in the league. Yeah, and on top of that, too, this is that comment was tailor-made for guys like you. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's, oh, like, it's so great. The second, the second Joey Bosa said that about Derek Carr, uh, I could just see Taylor, Tyler's – like you were just – your mouth was watering. You're like, oh, to the, to the keyboard. Like you just couldn't wait to get start taking some notes. It's so great. The only bad part about it is that Joey Bosa he walked it back a little bit. And also Derek Carr got asked about it this week, and he was like, I love Joey. I think we're friends. Like, they're all like, oh, no, we love each other. It's wonderful. No, I want them to hate each other. Which is so I weird. want them to call each other sloppy fat boys. <laughs> Please. Take a page from the NBA, you guys. Who wasn't open. Threw Hunter Renfro open on what's probably one of Derek Carr's top five plays in his entire career. Like, it was an unbelievable play where he was under pressure and made a great play because of it. Derek Carr's infuriating. Because if he could do that just like 75% of the time, dude's a top five quarterback in the league, but we only get that like 25% of the time. And almost all the other times, he crumples into a ball when Joey Bose is within five feet of him. Well, early in the season, the Raiders, their passing game anyway, was clicking on all cylinders. very good. I thought, he was, I thought Derek Carr was playing outstanding. And I think for the first quarter of the season, he was definitely – the MVP of the if there were a quarter season award I would probably say Derek Carr might have been the recipient of again offensive line injuries the like I'm not exactly sure how you rank an offensive line I don't know the metrics that go into it but the Raiders have been mentioned by pro football focus for having the worst offensive line in football and I think that once that's in your head you're going to play a little scared and We've never seen Derek Carr with a brick wall offensive line. And, again, losing his receivers like he did this season, I definitely see the drop-off in play in that. But every quarterback does this. We've seen Tom Brady go down before he gets touched. We've seen this happen many times. Once you realize that the worst possible thing that could happen is me letting the ball go, go down. 
So sure. Derek, so get, so Derek Carr just getting destroyed for something like this. I don't think is I don't think it's fair. But Brady will do it, what eight times a season. Carr will do it eight times in a game. Like that, the the amount the the question is how often does it happen? And and on Derek Carr's play, like take that game against the Colts, great opening drive. Raiders offense was phenomenal on the first drive. They go straight down the field. They score. They didn't do anything for three full quarters after that. Their offense was horrific until final drive of the game. And Derek Carr makes that terrific play. He made another good pass uh, to Foster Moreau before that. Like. All of a sudden, there's two drives from Derek Carr in a game where he's awesome. I but the other seven, eight drives they have, the guy looks terrible. The guy looks like he shouldn't be the quarterback of an NFL team. And that's to me, that's what's like infuriating. Like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, they're kind of the opposite, where they're going to have six or seven drives where they look really good. Yes, they're going to have two or three where they look bad. It, nobody's going to be a great quarterback every time they step on the field but you get more good from Rodgers and Brady where with Carr we've seen like yeah there's there's a couple of good drives in him every single game but we get too many in the middle that are just dreadful and if the defense holds the other team to 13 points like they have been a lot the last few weeks the Raiders might win the game but if the defense gives up 20 if like if the defense how many points do you think the Raiders are going to score against the Chargers because I think if they give up 28 Game's over. I don't think there's any way the Raiders are scoring 28 points. No, they can't score 28 points. Uh, I think the Raiders can keep the Chargers down to about, I want to say 17, maybe 20 points. I'd be really impressed if they did. Yeah. I'd be genuinely it, impressed they if they can, did. can, but, oh, my God, that's a, it's a tough call. And, again, after the last game they played, Herbert did light them up. He looked really good against the Raiders early in the season. And this is when the Raiders, we were like, oh, wow, this is they were on the win streak, and this might be a totally different team than what we were expecting. Now we have the Raiders now, far cry from what they were in the beginning of the season. And the Chargers are also a far cry from what they were in the beginning of the season. I was I bought into them 100%. I really thought Josh, I thought that team was going to be the cream of the crop of the AFC. And then, again, the true, the true team is definitely at the top of the AFC West in the, in the Chiefs. But Chargers can be right there next to them. Yeah, the Chargers are pretty infuriating, too. Like, this is a team that... They've beaten the Bengals. They've beaten the Chiefs. They lost to the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> like, How does that happen? They lost to the Broncos by 15. They lost to the Vikings. Like, they, like, they, they have had some really good results. Like, again, they beat the Chiefs and the Bengals. Like, who else have they played that's even the top of the AFC this year? Like, those are the two best teams they've played in the AFC this season, and they've beaten them. They've obviously lost to the Chiefs once as well. But, like, how the hell are you losing the Texans? They gave up 41 points. Rex Burkhead ran for, like, 130 yards in that game. But that's why – I think that's why the NFL and college is there's such a huge – That's disparity. why they need a salary cap in college. They Shut need up. a college salary. No, the they, need to make it, they need to make it more competitive. You can't I, just have Alabama going in there beating teams by 38 points. How often does that happen in the NFL where a team gets destroyed 42 to 3? Like, how often does that happen? What do you mean? It's probably going to happen in the first round of the playoffs. Not not seven. Dude, that's going to happen, like, six games, six times during the regular season during college football. You'll see, like, 72 points yeah, well, to, yeah, like, yeah. three. There's, yeah, yeah, because there's 32 NFL teams. There's 120-something college football teams, 30-something. But that's what I'm saying. So that's, like, I mean, the, but, but you're always going to have those. too big. You're just going to have those trap games. 
with the Texans and the Chargers. The trap game. Right the the trap games. The Rex. I, I undersold him. Rex Burke had 149 yards. What Rex? They Burkhead. gave up 149 yards to Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. Is he ever gonna die? Has he been playing since Bart Starr? I can't remember a time when Rex Burkhead was not playing in the NFL. Can you tell me? <laughs> and that Rex Burkhead. And the reason why he is one of the most infuriating players is how many times has every Fantasy football player looked at Rex Burke and go, oh, wow, he got off. Let me pick him up. And then, of course, you get him, and he just does. And he Burke heads it up and does nothing. You sound like you picked up Rex Burke I have after done his 149-yard game. times. <laughs> and it has hurt my feelings every time. Let's see. Rex Burkhead has only had two career 100-yard rushing games. But there's been times where he's had several touchdowns, and he makes key plays. It's like with the Patriots. I mean, dude. Belichick would use him all over the place. All over the all place. All over the place. He was utility. Utility. He's had 20 <laughs> career games with a touchdown. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's more than I would have thought for Rex <laughs> That's Burkhead. That's saying. Yeah, it's not bad. All right. Rex Burkhead. The Raiders should sign him. Maybe he could run for 149 yards and win him a game. You know what? They need that Rex Burkhead attitude. Whatever, I, whatever you need, team, I'm there for you. By the way, do you believe Darren Waller's playing? He has not played since Thanksgiving. He strained his IT band, whatever that means. Um, he has returned to practice, but the Raiders have only had walkthroughs this week. They have not had an actual practice. It's just been walkthroughs. But he's been back at practice. He was back at practice last week, then tested positive for COVID. So he got he missed that game, couldn't play in it on Sunday. You think he's playing? Like, again, hasn't played since Thanksgiving Hasn't actually participated in full in a real practice since Thanksgiving. Do you, do you see all that and say, yeah, he's coming back for this game? Or is that like, yeah, probably not. It's just sort of a decoy. They're saying, hey, he might play, but he's not going to be there. Uh, I think he's going to play just because, you know, he tested positive last week. That was the reason why he couldn't come in. And I'm sure he probably wouldn't have played last week, but that at least lets you know that he's practicing. He's at least getting involved in the game plan. And I also think this is one of those moments where he could come in, and if he dominates, it's going to be one of those things where he'll get his reward a little bit later on as far as contracts, as far as the way you could sell him to the Raiders or another team that's going to be looking to pay him. I mean, it's like when you tough it out in the NFL, Didn't that goes a long way. Didn't we just talk about Baker Mayfield toughing it out and being a mistake? Where, where were you an hour ago? Baker Mayfield, as a quarterback, should not be toughing it out when he can't throw the ball accurately. Darren Waller having something wrong and then can't cut as fast as he could, is it, it going to destroy him on the field? He could still be usable. So what I'm curious with Darren Waller is if he's not 100%, which I, he's probably not going to be, but like how much attention, how much respect do the Chargers give him if he's out there? See, that's the thing where Derek – that's where you can use him on the field. Because, it's like, yeah, because so – he is this a physical freak. Obviously before his injury, but uh, pro football focus charts like how often guys get bracketed in coverage, and he was among the top five players in the league that were getting bracket coverage. So, like, he obviously commands a lot of attention when he's out there. And I'm, I'm curious if you're the Chargers and Darren Waller is playing. You see Darren Waller out on the field for the first snap of the game. Are you treating him like everybody treated Darren Waller earlier in the season, or are you saying we know that guy's banged up, so we don't need to we don't need to treat him like he's Darren Waller. We can treat him like he's just an average. I, like I'm fascinated to see how the defense responds to that because I think if 
if I'm the Chargers, like, yes, it's Darren Waller. But if he's out there, I know he's not 100%. So I'm probably not giving him that full respect that he would get if, you know, you knew he was 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't give him the full respect, but I would still give him the 85% respect because who else is a weapon on that offense? It's Hunter Renfro right now. I think think if I'm the Chargers, yeah, if I'm the Chargers, I think I'm making Darren Waller sort of prove it to me early. Like, I'm, I'm going to say, okay, we're going to treat you like a normal tight end. We're not going to bracket you. You're going to get single coverage or just normal zone coverage, whatever. And if on the first drive, Darren Waller's got four catches for 64 yards, then I'm like, oh, bleep. All right, we better start right. bracketing this guy. But if I, you know, just leave him alone normally or whatever, and he has a catch here or there, and we get to the fourth quarter, he's got three for 32, I'm like, all right, that guy's not 100%. We don't need to worry about Darren Waller like we normally would. We can focus most of our attention on Hunter Renfro because that's the other thing. Derek Carr doesn't really throw at anybody not named Hunter Renfro. Like, Zay Jones had a 100-yard game last week, his first career 100-yard game. But there's not really a second option. And so if you're the Raiders, like, you need Darren Waller back, and you need Darren Waller to at least be 75 80% productive because you don't have that. that. That's a big reason why they haven't scored over 20 points the last four weeks or once they've done it with 23 last week. Like, there's nobody but Hunter Renfro to throw the ball to, or that Derek Carr wants to throw the ball to. And here's least. the thing. Hunter Renfro is a great slot receiver, but he's not one of these game-breaking guys that you have to focus your entire defense on. Derek Waller, on the other hand, though, when he's 100%, just like you said, it's like he's going to get ex- that, that kind of special coverage. But I, if I were the Chargers, I would still definitely keep an eye on Waller have a plan devised to, especially like after that first step, oh, he's, he's looking pretty explosive. We're going to have to do yeah. something about that. But I don't, know, I don't know if you have like a plan A or a plan B when you're a defensive coordinator. Don't you just go into every game with this one plan and just kind of stick to it? I hope you have a plan A and a plan B. You got a whole week to prepare. What do you? What? I'm talking about mid-game. There's there's mid-game adju- adjustments after the second half. But I'm saying like there is something to be said to where it's like we got a game plan. We're going to stick with it. But where? When? At what point do you deviate away from that game plan? If it's, you're the Chargers defense, when, yeah. what, what does Darren Waller have to show you to make to make? The defense coordinator go, we have to put more attention. Yeah, and the other part on Waller, if I had my guess, I'd bet that he plays this. He's active this week, but they use him primarily on passing downs. They're like, he might not be out there on first and ten. He might not be out there on second and two, but like third and eight or Raiders are in a two-minute drill or whatever. I'd be willing to bet they use him more like a, hey – we're obviously passing here. Get in there. Hey, we might be running. We're going to let Foster Moreau handle it because Darren Waller's not the greatest blocker in the world. You're not losing much on the sideline when you're handing it off to Jacobs, right? right? And so there's but, not a massive point in putting him out there. So I, I, that would be my guess as to what they do with Waller. And if you're the Chargers, that makes it a little bit harder to gauge because, oh, he's only out here for – 40% of the snaps instead of 90% of the snaps, so it's a little bit harder to gauge how good he is. Well, even, but even though, though, with Waller, it's like you could go ahead and do a play action. Yeah. Just the idea of him being out there is right. going to make sure it's going the safety's eyes are going to be right there on Darren Waller, so even that is going to benefit the run game. Yeah. I, if he is 85%, he'll play the whole game. He'll play the whole game, and I still think he could be effective. He is – he is Carr's top target, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's definitely the biggest mismatch that the Raiders have on offense before all the injuries and 
the drama took place. The drama. The drama. That's how I like to call it, the drama. It's Throw the Flag, He's Gooch. I'm Tyler Bischoff out here at Treasure Island. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. All right. Last weekend of the NFL season, which means we get to look ahead to next season already. Raiders can still make the playoffs, but eh, who cares about that? Jim Harbaugh could be coming. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh? I think Jim Harbaugh's sideline outbursts are amazing for sports. He makes every fan, every psychotic fan, look like it's totally okay to punch a stranger. Like, he looks like a lunatic, and I love it. I love it. I love the idea of him coming to the pros and yelling at grown men the way he does at 19-year-old kids. (laughs) I just love it. Has he ever pulled down a ref's pants? Uh, no, I don't think so. Be a good tactic. Uh, it would def- I don't know what it accomplished, but yeah, and not in the NFL. I don't think anything like that's going to help in the NFL. Now, if you pull down a ref's pants in college, it could help recruiting. I'm imagining. Could it? I mean, you know, look at look at coach. This guy really doesn't care about anything. I want to play for that guy. Look at him. Look at him thumbing his nose at the establishment, pulling down the ref's thumbing pants. Thumbing his nose at the establishment. <laughs> so, Jim Harbaugh, according to the Athletic. Uh, there are rumblings from both the NFL side and at Michigan that Harbaugh might be tempted to leave the Wolverines to return to the NFL. Um, Also, Jim Harbaugh is reportedly telling recruits, yeah, I would go to the NFL if offered. Uh, Harbaugh, coaching at Michigan, uh, lost in the college football playoff this year. But there's one other detail in the athletic story. The Raiders' head coaching job might be tough for him to say no to given his ties to the organization. He started coaching in 2003 with the Raiders. He's also friends with Raiders owner Mark Davis. So, if you're Mark Davis, and let's say the season ends on Sunday, you lose the Chargers, you're not going to the playoffs. Are you introducing Jim Harbaugh as your head coach on Monday? I would applaud that decision. I would like to see Jim Harbaugh because everywhere he's gone, he has won. Now, granted, it didn't work out for him like we were hoping at Michigan, but he did get Michigan to the to the to the playoff. That is a huge deal. Only beat Ohio State once, one time. That's a big that that's a big knock on his record. But look what he did at Stanford. Ohio State's not in the AFC West. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but look what he did at Stanford. Now, granted, he had Andrew Luck, and people want to give him all the credit in the world. But then when you look at what he did with San Francisco, you're like, they had that. That San Francisco defense that went to the Super Bowl was so amazing. People forget just how loaded that defense was. And the run game, and then and they, and when they had Alex Smith, he was the highest-rated passer in the NFL. Then he got hurt, and then they went with Kaepernick. He took him on that run, and it was like – this and guy then somebody turned the power out the Super Bowl and it was all downhill <laughs> from there. <laughs> but it was but again you have to look at the job he did with that squad. They were 44-19 and 1. The 49ers were in 4 years with Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Lost the one Super Bowl appearance but made the playoffs 3 times in 4 years. He uh, could have went to the Super Bowl twice. Right. And he ends up mutually parting ways with the 49ers but it's been a reported as a disagreement between him and the front office and the front office kind of running him out of town I think it was Trent Baalke that was there at the time like 
kind of running Harbaugh out of town because they didn't like each other, not because he wasn't a good football coach. And then he goes to Michigan and has some success. Not going to call it a you know massive success in Michigan, but they weren't awful. It's not like he was winning four games ever at Michigan. So it's a – I think if you're Mark Davis and you're hiring a coach, is there going to be anybody with a better resume than Jim Harbaugh? I can't think of one. Right that now. and that's the thing. And not that not that best resume equals best hire because like take Byron Leftwich, the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator, he's been interviewed by the Jags, so is um Eric Bieniemy's probably going to get some interviews again too. Like those are guys that they've never been a head coach before, so they haven't had an opportunity to you know build a resume and prove that like Harbaugh has. So it doesn't necessarily mean just because you have the best resume you're going to be a better coach, but if you're Mark Davis and you're going for the surest thing, Jim Harbaugh's probably going to be that among candidates for this job. I definitely agree with you on that because when you look at Biennemi and you look at Byron Leftwich, okay, it's very good. It's very easy for you to look amazing when you're Biennemi. <laughs> when number one, you're not even calling plays and you got Pat Mahomes as your quarterback. Yep. Same thing with Byron Leftwich. Wow. Oh, you mean you mean to tell me that things didn't work out with Jameis Winston, but all of a sudden you get Tom Brady in your lap and you win a Super Bowl. Now all of a sudden you're an offensive hey, they, genius. They scored a lot of points with Jameis Winston and a lot of interceptions. Hey, is and that the offensive coordinator's fault? You're Jameis right. couldn't see; he was blind. You're right. <laughs> he was blind. Look at what he did. That's that's actually listen. Look at what they did with a blind quarterback. And look, Derek at what, Carr can see, hey, dude. And remember when we bought into <laughs> Jameis at the beginning of the season because he had like one game where he looked lights out. Because he hey, got late He would have been an MVP candidate. Oh. He would have been an MVP oh. candidate if he didn't get hurt. But, again, but when you look at what Jim Harbaugh has done with the players that he had at Michigan, nobody's really blowing you away with any of the offensive players that he coached at Michigan. When he had Andrew Luck in college, yeah, he looked great at Stanford. But when he went to the 49ers, dude, Alex Smith was not good before he got there. And that was the – and that was the – organization's fault personally he was not good but then all of a sudden they set up this thing all of a sudden he's the highest rated passer in the league the run game's taking off the defense is lights out I mean you want to talk about a complete 180 from what the Niners did when they hired Harbaugh as their head coach I mean he completely turned that franchise yeah, they around were bad. they were bad for like two decades and now they could come back and save a little bit of face now it just depends will can Mayock actually do his job? Will Harbaugh let him do his job? So that's the, that's getting ahead of our. We're already getting ahead of ourselves, but to get even farther ahead of ourselves, if you hire Jim Harbaugh, is he the GM too? Like, are you? Is it a John Gruden situation where, hey, if you're making, if you're hiring Jim Harbaugh, aren't you giving that guy control of pl uh, personnel decisions just like you did John Gruden? I think that would be a mistake on the so Raiders' do I. part. I so don't do I. think. I don't think. This isn't Bill Belichick. You you, yep. you have to be Andy Reid or Bill Belichick to have that kind of control given to you right when you sign your very first contract with that team. But if you're luring him from Michigan, you might have to give him that power, right? I think that Harbaugh is looking at his options at Michigan, and he's like, I think I've taken the squad as far as they can go. As long as Nick Saban and Alabama and the SEC dominates the way they do – I just can't see Michigan ever getting to that promised land with Harbaugh as their head coach. So Harbaugh's looking at it like I've had amazing success at the NFL level and I don't have to recruit all season, I mean all off season long like some of these college head coaches have to do. I think it's 
a good move, and if he's already telling his players that he would listen to offers, I don't think he's going to take that hard stance where he's like, I just want this much control. And plus, I don't think it would be a smart move on his part. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like he's already proven that he it's probably not a good idea to give somebody with that kind of temper, that type of personality, that much control. Just check his emails before you hire him. <laughs> I know, please, God. You. <laughs> is, that a new, is that a new question for the Mark Davis interview process? Uh, you said any questionable emails? Yeah, any questionable emails? Uh, well, only from Yahoo. Okay, we can allow that. <laughs> as long as it's not like dot, you know, as long as it's not Wolverines.com, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're okay. At umichigan.com. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Harbaugh at Michigan.com. <laughs> so I, I'm fascinated to see what the Raiders do in their in their coaching search. Obviously, like we talked about earlier in the show, the Raiders are still alive. They can make the playoffs. They could go on a run. I doubt it, but they could go on a run in the playoffs. Like Rich Passaccia can still basically win his way into the job. I think there is a point if the Raiders miraculously are like in the AFC championship game. You almost have to bring Rich Passaccia back at that point. You have you, to. You almost have to bring him if back. If they win a playoff game, you have to bring him back. Yeah. You, I really do. If you okay. win one playoff game, you have to bring him back. Again, you can't discourage you, – you can't discount what he has done with that team considering what has landed in his lap, dude. Yeah. And players I, still keep screwing up. I know. But I, I, I think my one playoff game, yeah, maybe. I'm not, not completely, like – against it I just I don't think this Raiders team has been good since Passaccia took over I think they've been very fortunate won a lot of close games against bad quarterbacks and if you're trying to find okay who's going to be a good coach in the future I don't think you can go off of hey this guy got in the playoffs because he got to play Nick Mullins and Drew Locke now if they were to go to Buffalo and beat the Bills and Josh Allen then maybe that starts to change the conversation a little bit but I just I don't think Rich Passaccia is going to be a good NFL head coach, so I think you need to find somebody else. But wouldn't you want him still with the squad? Like, again, yeah. hey, look, Greg Roman's with his brother. Yeah. is with Harbaugh's he's, brother. He's Baltimore. been a career special teams coordinator, career assistant. So, yeah, I've got no problem. Like, Rich Passaccia is a coach. Yeah, no problem about it. The players, they loved him when the guy got hired. They still seem to love him. Like, no problem whatsoever with Rich Passaccia and the staff. I just – he appears in over his head as a head coach. Like, that, he appears in over his head. And, and, I, and I think with, with Harbaugh, if you can lure Harbaugh, just don't give him as much organizational control because I've just seen this happen too many times. And, yes, he is a volatile guy. He is a very volatile guy. They're, so They're going to give it to him. They're going to hire him. <laughs> and, it's going to be 10 years, $100 million. You it, make all the decisions. It's typical it's Raiders. It's all about the name. And that's why I do think they're going to hire him. I do think they're going to give him control. And I think they're going to make a massive mistake just by giving him the control. If they don't give him the control, amazing hire. But if you give him too much control, bad hire. Coming up next, should the Raiders sign Antonio Brown again? <laughs> To more football talk with Throw the Flag and your hosts Tyler Bischoff and Gooch live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Do you remember two weeks ago when Antonio Brown said the media caused all the drama around him? Oh, I can't forget anything that he's done. So Antonio Brown has had quite the week. Where should we start with Antonio Brown? Oh Do we boy. want to start with the girl that says he snuck her in? I think we should start with Montez Perfect. Montez perfect. 
Is Vontez? Ma- Vontez, yes. Vontez He's just making Burke. people up I like today. him. Tyreek like Hill was playing for the Giants Tyree. when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Montez Perfect. Vontez Perfect. I think that's where it all starts with Antonio Brown. When it, when Perfect destroyed him and that with that hit, that vicious over-the-middle hit that he gave Antonio Brown's helmet, uh, that's when you started noticing that this guy just started acting weird. And what's really crazy is how people will take – Antonio Brown's side, when somebody mentions anything about mental health or possible CTE, that ain't what it is. It's the media. The media? No. It's you. You did it. The guy the guy has completely lost his mind, and it's been, been amazing entertainment. So it's a pretty, pretty stark way to look at it. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a brain injury, and I've enjoyed watching it. Hey, that's look, your uh, I, think that, I think I speak for America when I say that. I'm not saying we enjoy watching him get the brain injury, but the fallout has been noteworthy. We're talking about it. So a woman, uh, Ava Louise, says that before the Bucks played the Jets, he snuck her into the team hotel, which was a violation of COVID protocols. Um, but she says that he snuck her in so that they could have sex. Uh, she posted a picture of her having a positive COVID test, saying the Buccaneers better test their team. Basically saying, yep, I'm positive, and I got it from the Buccaneers. Um, this woman, Ava Louise, uh, in 2020, licked an airplane toilet seat to start the coronavirus challenge, hoping that that would go viral on the Internet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is she a French bulldog? I mean, it's like, that's what it, this is, what is she putting in her mouth? Like, why are you doing that? And that's, that's another thing. It's like, you've never been on a plane and been like, how can I go viral? How can I go viral? Look at toilet seat. Hi, dad. Like, I don't, in this generation, like you got Antonio Brown, where it's like, I don't know if he's, if he's got CTE or if he's just trying to become an internet celebrity. And that's what this chick was trying to do when she was licking toilet seats during the COVID challenge. And she actually thought other Americans were going to go, yeah, great idea. Have you seen America? I don't think she's that far off base thinking other people would do this. You're probably right. I mean, let's be real here. Even if it's like 2%, I'm sure somebody did try it out. It's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in America. So the Antonio Brown situation, though, that on the NFL side that's interesting is basically we have he said, she said about what happened against the Jets. He... Took off his jersey, shoulder pads, undershirt, walked off, left the team right then. Um, we have had both one thing that both the Tampa Bay Bucks and Antonio Brown have agreed upon is that Bruce Arians told him to get the F out, right? That, that has happened. Now, the reason Arians told him to get the F out is what's sort of in dispute here. Antonio Brown has come out and said, I have an ankle injury. I couldn't go back in the game because of that. And when I told them that, Bruce Arians told me to get the F out, right? Antonio Brown says that he has a bro- uh, broken bone fragment in his ankle and that the ligament is torn off the bone, right? They're saying, we've got an MRI that says this, and he's having surgery apparently on his ankle to fix this. But the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, has said, Antonio Brown, we knew, they're like, we knew he had an ankle injury. He was on the injury report. But he never, he never said, I can't go back in the game because my ankle hurts. Right. He never said that to Bruce Arians. He never said that to the doctors. Right. That's what the Buccaneers are saying. And the Buccaneers are saying that the reason Antonio Brown blew up in that game is because he was complaining he wasn't getting thrown the ball enough. 
and that he was pissed because he's got incentives in his contract that if he gets to a certain level, he had like $2 million he could earn over the last three weeks of the season. He was pissed about not getting thrown the ball enough and didn't want to go back in the game, so Bruce Arians said, get the hell out of here. Who do you believe? I'd have to go with the Bucks. You would? I would go with the Bucks only because, obviously, there must have been other players that were hearing him complain about not getting the ball and all this other stuff. I mean, it's like you're talking about an organization, a bunch of people, and Antonio Brown, who you, you do you look at him and say, hey, that's the beacon of no, truth? No, I don't. I also don't look at NFL teams and think that either. You're right about that, but at the same time, we're an NFL team, that's an organization. They're all about dotting the I's, crossing the T's. I just think that they're going to be a little bit more thorough than Antonio Brown, who – lets us know that he wants to play and then he doesn't want to play like <laughs> he he gets he he goes to the Raiders and acts like a, a douche there and then he goes to the Buccaneers and oh everything's great and then the following year the same fallout Steelers know about his fallout so let me okay in that game against the Jets in the first half Antonio Brown had five targets now we only had three catches for 30 something yards we had five targets in the first half of that game is that really such a low number of no. targets that he would have blown? That's the first half. That could have been a 10-target right. game. That's so great. That's why I, I don't – I mean, again, not that I think Antonio – not that I believe Antonio Brown, but I just have a hard time believing he would have blown up after getting five targets in the first half. Like, I I could understand being like, hey, guys, what are we doing here? Like, why don't, why don't we throw, throw him the ball more? But he had, it's not like he had zero. Like, if he had zero, I'd be, oh, Antonio Brown was furious because – they were throwing to Scotty Miller, whoever the hell else was on that team that week. Like, I can understand that, but he, he had five targets. I think he had zero. So I just – I have a hard time believing Antonio Brown lost his mind and quit because he had five targets in the first half when he thought he should have had ten. I have a hard time believing Antonio Brown could count to five. Like, it's Jesus. tough. <laughs> the guy's brain has been scrambled. Have you seen him? Let me tell you what happened. Okay, my girlfriend and I, we were watching the match game, okay? They, they rebooted it for, like, a couple of shows. What's the match game? Uh, it's stupid, but it, basically what it is is it's, like, they say a sentence. Like, for example, I'll go, I went to the grocery store, and I really like grains. So I bought a bunch of blank. And then one person says a word, and then it's up to the panel to see if they can also – if They can match they, it. Match the game. match game. Okay, got the, there got the was, premise. I swear to God, this really happened. Antonio Brown was on the match game. They had, like, Mario Cantone and uh, the chick from Independence Day. I can't remember her name. But anyway. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've seen Independence Day. Yes. Uh, it was Will Smith's girlfriend in Independence Day. I can't remember her name. But anyway. Uh, and then it went to Antonio Brown. So the the – and I – uh, I, I don't want him out of the NFL because I need more of that. It makes me feel good. Well, the Raiders can sign him. Yeah. They need a wide receiver next year. God, I was so disappointed when that happened. And here's the thing. Look at Derek Carr. I mean, he shows up to Derek Carr's house, like, unannounced. As, as you do. Yeah, I know. As, as a, you, uh, you and me, wide receiver, quarterback, let's wreck this league. And then Derek Carr talked about how great of a guy he was. And then to have that kind of 180 that he did. Come on, there's way more going on here. Did you see, uh, it was during the Broncos game, the CBS broadcasters, they interviewed Derek Carr before the game or whatever. They said that 
Derek Carr said. He talks to John Gruden every day. They are they live in the same neighborhood. They're like I think there's one house in between them, so they're not yeah. direct neighbors. But like, do you believe he talks to John Gruden every single day? If they live in the same neighborhood, do you talk to your neighbors? I mean, no. Okay, but my neighbors are poor. They're not like. <laughs> so are you? I'm. I know. That's why we don't talk. We're like, what do you want to do? I don't have any money. What do you want to do? All right, I'm gonna go back inside. I don't think they're. I don't think Gruden and Carr are talking about like, hey, what do you want to go hang out at? Well, wherever. I just think that when you're. John Gruden and your Derek Carr, and again, like Derek Carr, flat out said he goes, "I hate, I love the man, I hate the sin." So he let he's let everybody know that I'm still very close with John Gruden. So is John Gruden still coaching the team? No. Are you sure? Well, How I confident mean, are you in that? I mean, I'm sure maybe he's talking he's, to the quarter. Is he zooming in? He can zoom. <laughs> they they can project a big zoom on the side of the wall or practice, and John Gruden can just yell at him. If John Gruden's watching the game and he gives Derek Carr a text message, hey, yeah. step up in the pocket, that might be happening just out of just as a friend. I mean, you always hear players all the time, they, oh, I talked to this guy all the time, and he's giving me tips on my game. He's texting Greg Olson what plays to call for the offense. There you go. Hey, safety's playing a little high. You should run this crosser route or mm-hmm. something. It'd be great. Yeah, and then it you just still coach. I'm just telling you. But still meanwhile, the team. on Derek Carr's phone, it doesn't say John Gruden. It just says scammer, scam likely. Yeah, scam it's likely. John Gruden. Yeah, he just makes sure he programs his name in. There's scam <laughs> likely. Yeah, go deep, throw the cross route. Go deep, throw the cross <laughs> route. I hope he's still coaching the team from afar. Shadow coach John Gruden. I love it. Does Pulling he get a strings. ring if they win the Super Bowl? Yeah. He, well, yeah, he does. I think technically he does, right? I mean, what he coach four games? If you're with the team at any point, don't you get a ring? I think I, mean, I know that's I think how it's it is a team, in the NBA. I think it's a team discretion thing. They can probably decide who they give a ring to. I would assume. Mark Davis has given him a ring. If they win the Super Bowl, Mark Davis has given <laughs> If they win the Super Bowl, John Gruden's somehow there to accept the Lombardi trophy on yeah. stage. Except it's not going to say John Gruden. It's not going to say Gruden on the side of the ring. It's going to say scam likely. Scam likely. John Gruden. <laughs> John Gruden. Have it. All right. It's Throw the Flag. He's Gooch. I am Tyler Bischoff out here at Treasure Island. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. You ready to watch how professional does this? Please, show me. Let's plan on the air. What do you want to talk about right here? I want to talk about right now, I want to talk about Hub Arkush, who's not voting for Aaron Rodgers for the MVP. All right. Fun week for MVP voting talk because Hub Arkush, who works in Chicago, was on the radio in Chicago and said that he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. He said, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. Has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument. Um, Aaron Rodgers called him an absolute bum. (laughs) After that, uh, Hub Arkish kind of tried to apologize, but just still said, no, I'm not voting for him because I don't like him. Um, So, yeah, is he an absolute bum? Or do you think he's right? I think he's uh, – Hub, shut up. You have no point. Like, your whole frame of reference is dumb. First off, let me tell you this. I am a fan of the Cleveland Browns. If <laughs> Baker Mayfield was as big of a douche as Aaron Rodgers was, yet they still won as much <laughs> and got to the playoffs as often as Aaron Rodgers, he's done enough for the fans. He's done enough for the team. Then you're talking about, oh, his play on the field? yes. He's obviously been the best player in the NFL for the last two seasons, guaranteed. So, Hub Arkush's argument almost makes sense. 
Like Aaron Rodgers, the, the, if you remember, the Packers lost to the Saints by like 30 in the first week of the season. Offense was horrific in that game. And I could understand if you wanted to make the argument, hey, Aaron Rodgers was gone the entire offseason, caused a bunch of distractions. The team wasn't ready for week one because of Aaron Rodgers. I could buy that. The Packers also lost to the Chiefs once this season because Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID and was unvaccinated and couldn't come back in time, so they had to play Jordan Love. Rodgers wasn't there, and they lost the game. You could sell me on the idea that the Packers lost to the Saints and the Chiefs because Aaron Rodgers is a moron. I could, I could buy that. But the Packers are 13-3, and three, and despite that, despite those two losses, they're still the one seed in the NFC and don't even have to play the final week of the regular season. And despite that, Aaron Rodgers, counting stats, Brady's got him on most of them, but like per play stats, Aaron Rodgers is far and away the best quarterback in the league this year. You can't argue that he punished his team and his organization, his fan base, when they're the one seed. You can't do it. You like, can't. Because it, that argument implies that you expect the Packers to be 15-1, and 16-0 right now. Like, if you're saying he punished them, that means you think they should have been 16-0 because the only punishment they've had is those two losses, and despite those two losses, they're still 13-3 and three in the one seed. Like, if they were 9-8 and eight and playing for their playoff lives today, then sure, yeah, Aaron Rodgers might have sabotaged their season. But the Packers, nobody in the NFL – would, would want to be in their spot, right, other than the Packers. Like, everybody would trade with the Packers right now is what I'm trying to say. Everyone. Because they're the one seed. They don't have to play for this week. The Titans are probably going to be the one seed, but they still have to win this week. They still got to beat the Texans to get there. The Packers don't have to. The Packers could no. not Because of Aaron Rodgers right. playing otherworldly. So I could, I could understand his argument if the Packers had sucked this year, right, or if the Packers were still fighting for a playoff spot this year. But because they're 13-3 and three and no. they're all under the one seed, it does, he didn't punish them at all. There's, no, there's zero punishment the Packers have faced this year because of it. He has played lights out this season, and you can't expect an NFL quarterback to be perfect all season long, and you can't expect him to not have a bad couple of bad games. Brady well, got again, shut out by the Saints. Yes, and they won the Super Bowl <laughs> the year before. So it's like, again, look, look, look at what we're trying to, to lament this guy for, and then – when, you, when it comes to him not getting vaccinated, again, I would like to see, you know, the players be vaccinated or whatever. But, again, I'm not going to sit there and demonize someone yeah. for not going to do it because half the country, does, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say half the country is evil for not going out there and doing this when all the facts and, and they're not quite adding up to what the facts were originally. We still – there's still so many things you don't uh, – these people don't want to – know about the 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 vaccination and stuff so again that that presents a whole ton of questions as well too so again what has he done other than contract disputes other than like letting guys know like look i'm obviously the most important player that you have on your team last year you drafted a quarterback in the in the first round it would have been nice to get an offensive lineman or another wide receiver for my offense but instead you get another young quarterback they don't need that what are you doing now they're good they don't need any help jordan love's gonna be great yeah, I'm sure. Great backup. I'm sure. Yeah. It's great. No you, problem. Yeah, you do great that in the first pick. round. Great but draft pick. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm like looking at how this team has built the team around him, yeah, I would be a little upset. Guys, I am clearly the best quarterback in the NFL, and look at what you're doing. So it's like for this guy to, to not even take that into consideration, for Hub to not even take that into consideration, it's like, no, dude. 
Man, I somehow defended Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown on the show today. Mm-hmm. Not a There's good day a special for me. spot in hell not for you, a good day for right me. there. Not great. And Aaron Rodgers is nowhere close to Antonio. No, Brown. not at all. <laughs> to even insinuate that they're the same guy. You know, Aaron Rodgers. What he looked up with Olivia Munn, or was it Olivia Wilde, or something like that? You think I know who either of those people are? Well, you do know who the, who licks toilet seats to get for the COVID challenge. Uh, you said her name Ava earlier. Louise. There you go. Yeah. So Olivia Munn, Ava Louise, same index. For same person to me. Yeah. <laughs> Did Olivia Munn or what was the other one? Olivia Wilde. Did one whatever. of them lick a toilet seat? No, but they were they're just hot actresses, and Aaron Rodgers got with one of them. You don't know which one. I can't. Okay, they're both Olivia. I'll give you. Yeah, yeah. That. All right. You have fun doing the show? I did What you, What'd fun. you learn about yourself? Uh, I learned that I should probably read a little bit more. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Maybe yeah. maybe get a subscription to The Athletic. Nah, I'll tell you what you need to know. My man. Yeah. They got bought by The New York Times. Well, there you go. You know what I learned? Liberal media. No, no. You know what I learned? Huh. I'm a failure because I'm doing the same job as you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> fail with me, buddy. <laughs> Let's fail as a team. Been doing that this whole That's year. That's what I'm talking about. This whole football season. Spend been that money. As a team. Spend that money. What a nightmare you are. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, but we've had some laughs, right? You still have a window? Yeah. Okay. Just Window's checking. still in there, buddy? Just checking. What a nightmare you are. I have brought smiles to your face. Granted, were you laughing at me? Sure. Yeah. But I made you feel intelligent. And you know what? If I'm building up your confidence, buddy, I win. What movie should I watch? Jerry you, got, you got one movie rec- recommendation. Okay, one movie. Okay, Major League. Have you seen Major League? No, okay. I've not seen God. Major League. Just assume I haven't seen anything, okay. unless it's Star Wars. I've seen Star Wars. I would have to say, what's the best sports movie ever? What would you say? Sports movies suck. Yeah, I know, but you're a sports guy. I would say Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is up for an Oscar. It's a good movie. It's it, it didn't even win the Oscar? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. Maybe it did. Jeez. But it, but there was a good movie, and there was a cute kid, and he's talking about, you know, I think I already brought up the bees and the dogs. They smell fear. It's cute. I already forgot all that. It's is, Olivia, about love. is Olivia Wilde in it? No. Olivia Munn? No. The oh. chick who looks like Jewel is in it. Who's Jewel? She's a singer. The thing you smoke? From the 90s. Isn't it uh, Renee Zellweger? Renee Zellweger. Who's Come Jewel? Come on. Who's Jewel. Renee Zellweger? Oh, you're killing me. So they're not the same person. They're not the same person, but they look like the same person. Do Olivia Wilde and Olivia Munn look like the same person? No, but I think Olivia Munn does get a little wild. Would any of them date a sloppy fat boy like Nikola Jokic? Uh, yeah. It's got that athlete money. <laughs>